When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Deeply Graphic Design Cast, the show about all things design, from the creative side to the business side and all points in between. Follow the show on Twitter at Wes McDowell. Want the gang to answer your question on an upcoming episode? Send in your listener question to questions at thedeependdesign.com or via Twitter using hashtag DGDC. Here are your hosts. Wes McDowell in Chicago. Mikkel Morrison in Seattle. Nick Longo in Los Angeles. All right. Back again. Another Freaky Friday recording <laughs> again all together. Um, just want to thank everybody. If, you, if you're a new listener to the show, welcome. If you're an old listener, an old seasoned veteran, uh, we appreciate the continued listenership and you telling a friend and leaving us a five-star review over on the iTunes. Yeah. Great we stuff. have pleasantly a lot of the veteran listeners. It's awesome. There are so yeah. many that have said, oh, I've been listening since day one, and it, like, warms my heart. <laughs> oh, it's, fun. it's fun to hear that. I know. Oh, and speaking of five-star reviews, remember the one I mentioned that left us, like, a two-star review because the of... Sound, um, the sound or something? Oh. No, I don't Inflection, remember. Inflections oh, in the no. voice or something, right? Oh, that's that's a weird one. Okay. That's a new one-star yeah, review. Swearing. Right? I don't even swearing? know what that means. <laughs> but, the, but the two-star review basically said she, was, she loves the show, but she's giving us two stars because... We don't come out with episodes often enough. Oh, right. said, hey, we do it every two weeks, and I so it, they which is a compliment and a curse five. at the same time. Yeah, I know. Sorry, <laughs> but no, getting those five star reviews really helps us. Um, it's within the the iTunes and the Apple Podcast algorithm. It just helps us get found. Yeah, exactly. By more yeah. designers like you. So thanks for that. Uh, what are you guys Perfect. up to? Anything good? Man, I don't. You know. guys, I'm about to become Uh-oh. a step grandma. What? Oh. <laughs> Oakley That's is four, so and he's going to be an uncle. Wow. That's not so weird, but the fact that you're going to be like step someone's grandma. grandma. Oh, my God. So I, I mean, I married into a bit of a baggaged <laughs> mess. This is just the part of the game, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a whole... And this is this Oprah is the progressive there, family but... situation now, right? So. Is this it? Will this be in Australia, or will this be here? Here. Well, oh. um, Utah. Utah. Wow. Damn. Look okay. at that. Yeah. Yeah. The Mormons, yeah. they're cranking the babies out early. <laughs> I don't so that's think why. you're the youngest grandma in Utah. I gotta say. <laughs> I think it's Very tr- true. A time-honored tradition. <laughs> oh, for sure. They're, they, for sure. Yes. That's great. Wow. <laughs> that is kind of a It is laugh-worthy. It's a little bit of a joke. I mean, people give me shit about it. It's fine. It's mm-hmm. weird. It's, yeah. I think it's weird. And it's more weird that Oakley's going to be an uncle. I think it's great. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, we'll start. We'll start every show. How's it going, Grandma? <laughs> no longer Michelle. Well, no. Here's the good thing because we're competing with a lot of those quilting podcasts and design. <laughs> oh my god. ITunes. We can have crossover episodes. You're, rep- now. you're representing. Yeah, that's, now, do I seem like that kind of gal that would do in her spare time? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we're going to start yeah. seeing macrame and stuff hanging behind her in her office. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Good times. Well, we do 
We do have a guest coming, waiting in the wings. So before we get there, let's speed things up and get on to giving a little love to our friends at Skillshare. And I got a nice Twitter message from uh, at Ashley Anderson. And she said, thank you, Wes McDowell, for introducing me to Skillshare. Nice. I've been feeling so held back in learning Illustrator in depth, and this is saving me. Ooh, Um, yay. Love hearing that. Because we talk about them all the time, and we love them. I especially love them, and I um, I love hearing other listeners that have actually tried it out mm-hmm. and kind of had their eyes opened. Yeah, to that's the great. everything you can learn. Yeah, um, it's not it's not those fourteen year olds in their basement uh, on it. On, sorry, on YouTube. Uh, this these are very um, professionally done by industry leaders who know what they're talking about. Um, so basically, Skillshare is an online learning platform with over 20,000 classes now in design, photography, marketing, technology, design, everything you ever want to learn, freelancing, business stuff. Um, I've been watching a lot of Shark Tank lately, so I'm, <laughs> I'm all businessing up at this point. So yeah. He's putting that pitch together. I can see yeah, it. Yeah, between the Shark Tank and, uh, and Skillshare, I, I've... There's probably a Skillshare on there, how to get on Shark Tank. Um, But you can take classes in all these little, um, you know, mini sets within design. Um, So, for instance, in honor of today's guest, I did a little research. So we've got um, basically a ton of hand lettering uh, tutorials. So you can learn um, everything from just typography basics to... um, design a unique decorative grid-based typeface. I mean, it gets granular, folks, so (laughs) learn it all. Um, (laughs) But anyway, um, so join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today. I'm one of them with a special offer we got, uh, we made with Skillshare just for our listeners, and that is two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. That's right, folks. Skillshare is offering our listeners two months of unlimited access to those 20,000 classes for just 99 cents to sign up for free, go to Skillshare.com slash graphic. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash graphic to start your two free months now. That's Skillshare.com slash graphic. Damn. Good job. Best yeah. education around. I feel like that, I feel like that uh, <laughs> Micro Machines guy. Kids listening will have no idea what I'm talking about. Micro Machines. <laughs> nice. Well, we're uh, going to continue our little series here on specialty designers and people that have kind of picked something that they're really, really specific in. And today we're going to be talking about hand lettering with our friend Adam Vickerell. I got it right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome, Adam. Adam. Yeah, How's thank it? you guys for having me. Much appreciated. Oh, yeah, this is fantastic. Love it. I, I think this is one area I, I think particularly I'm more interested in to learn about and in talking to you a little bit about your background in it. It sounds really Really kind of interesting how we've done how you've gotten into this. And um, I do want to just thank our buddy Matt, who with Crop, I believe that's how we discovered you um, by some of the stuff you were showing and, and stuff that uh, throughout the Crop Conference, correct? That's yes. where you were at? Yeah. Yes. Huge shout out to Matt Dawson. He's a great know, guy. Man. How do you know yeah, him well? I'm recording. We've been we've known each other since uh, Adobe Max last year and uh, trying to all, all of us are gonna definitely try to head out to the pop up that he's doing in Portland uh, in August. Oh, nice. So that would be a blast as well. But yeah, I mean, it was so cool to see what your the work that was coming through. And it was great to kind of connect with you and get you in here and talk about this. So first, thanks for coming on board. Totally excited to have you here. Yeah, my pleasure. Cool. Yeah. Let's get right into like, I I think you have such a great story on how 
you got into this whole idea of hand lettering. Um, tell us how you got into that. What what kind of spiked your interest in the transition you made? Yeah. Um, so I have a, I have a degree in traditional graphic design um, and graduated in 2011. Uh, kind of got that classic first job right out of school where mm -hmm. I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my design degree. Um, I don't think this is a fault of my university. I went to the University of Dayton. Um, but I felt like when I graduated, this design degree is such a umbrella thing that yeah. encompasses, you know, you could do product design, web design, branding. Yes. It, it was just like, I was stifled, you know, I had option yeah. paralysis. Um, <laughs> so fortunately, uh, I, you know, just through like my network that I had made in college, uh, landed a job, got my feet wet and a little bit of everything within the design world. Um, and, um, did that for about two and a half years. And then I quit my job and did the classic, uh, you know, I'm going to go travel for a while. And it uh -huh. was supposed to be about four months. It ended up being closer to like 11 and a half, um, which my Ooh. parents were like, did you just retire, Adam? Go do a job. Um, or how did you do awesome, that? Though. Yeah. Uh, but we in all that, want in. Yeah. It's, and when I, when I left for this trip, you know, I started off, I did about just shy of five months in Southeast Asia and right before I went, I had seen this huge growth of hand lettering in the design industry. And as somebody who I was initially playing with the idea of studying painting or something fine art in college. So seeing hand lettering as an outlet to exercise that, uh, that kind of fine art, um, I, I took it upon myself to practice and, you know, experiment with hand lettering on this trip. And while I was in Asia, I just was... You know, if I was drinking coffee in the morning, I'd write the word coffee. Or if I was in, mm -hmm. you know, Luang Prabang, uh, Laos, I would write out that city name. Um, probably not one that difficult because I probably would spell it wrong, but that's besides the point. Um, but Let's stick way, to the easy ones first. Yeah, exactly. There's no autocorrect in hand lettering. No, there's not. So. And I have Asia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's an Let's SH in Asia, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yes. uh, during that trip, I absolutely fell in love with it. And I think it, what it was, was satisfying my design mind where, you know, I'm really focusing on composition and balance and, mm -hmm. um, but I was doing it with a kind of fine art approach where you're actually yes. drawing. So I fell in yes. love with hand lettering on this trip. Um, and then I ended up after traveling for a while, I came, what was supposed to be about a month in Denver. And I've now been here for about four years. Um, and right when I got here, I really, really was pushing hand lettering um, as much as possible. And, uh, you know, I could, should I dive in deeper on kind of like how sure. that kind of manifested itself to where I'm currently or do we yeah. want to get into that later? Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause the second area we wanted to pull, bring about is actually launching the new endeavor and how yeah. that okay. came about. So that can kind of transition into there if okay. that's good, if that's good with you. Yeah. 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 I just don't want to ramble. No, <laughs> you're good. Yeah. No, 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 yeah. no, no. Never. Give me a timeout. So yeah, so uh, I I had a friend that worked for an ad agency out in Denver, and she it was like my best friend in college, um, and she always was like, hey, I, I don't know why you're still living in Ohio. Colorado is like where you need to be. Oh, so she basically okay. used little push. Yeah, yeah. exactly. She used uh, the opportunity to freelance with her agency as bait. She's like, come on, Adam, you know, give it a shot. <laughs> and uh, so I, I came out here. I was freelancing with this agency about 20 hours a week, um, which was like just enough to, to cover the bills. Um, 
of which I, you know, I didn't really have a lot. I just moved out here with the classic. I didn't have a job lined up, no money was sleeping on a couch. Um, and Mm -hmm. so all my spare time I was practicing hand lettering. So most of it was just purely for fun. You know, I would be running in the morning. I'd see a beautiful flower. I'd write something about flowers or, you know, there, there wasn't a whole lot of process behind it aside from the idea of practice and, you know, just understand this process. Um, and, uh, after really, really pushing myself to hand letter as much as possible for about a year and a half and working part time, you know, I was really doing like 14, 16 hour days, maybe even longer sometimes, just like kind of wearing myself pretty thin. Um, ultimately, I burnt myself out and ended up taking about five months off. And I went back home for my brother's wedding. Uh, I went and backpacked through Iceland and Europe for a bit and then came back here and just was snowboarding and Yet again, semi-retired for a bit. <laughs> uh, my mom and dad, they must have like a heart and soul of gold because I'm sure when I take these leaps out into the middle of nowhere, they're like, what? We lost him. We yeah. lost him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Wild card. And it's already bad enough like that we're supportive ages, along right? the way, though, all the same, which is yeah. really important. Yes. Uh, my parents have supported my like artistic endeavors my whole life, and I 100% owe them more gratitude than I could ever convey because without their support and like pushing me and they don't question me when I make these weird decisions, like they trust that I'm doing it with the right intent. And I have like really, a really, really, really strong drive. Oh, to... It sounds like an award exception speech. I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. You got to oh, be holding at the podium. You something yeah. in your hand right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's my, my parents have definitely made, uh, made my career possible just through their support so that's really cool so if 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 they if they make it through this podcast thanks mom and dad (laughs) (laughs) i I thought was what was cool when we talked earlier was you mentioned the idea of like being away from the computer on this trip is got you and you were missing design you had no other alternative but to open up a book and start drawing and sketching and doing the hand lettering and that kind of was a what a neat thing i think we don't give ourselves that chance a lot of times to discover like what else we would want to do you know, when we don't right. have the technology and the computer. Stepping away, s- right? a reset button. Yes. yes. Aerial view perspective. Yeah. And it's hard, it's hard to find with such a digitally, uh, you know, everything is digital. Everybody's on a computer yeah. all day for their jobs for the yes. most part. Um, and to, to step away from that and just do something with your hands where you're not roasting your retinas on a mm-hmm. LCD screen it's so, so nice. And the fact that you can draw anywhere is one of my favorite things. Granted, most of the work that I do is in my studio. However, if I feel inspired while I'm just like laying in bed or during a hike, if I want to go sit outside yeah. in a park and draw, it's the opportunity's there. And it's so nice. So what about this endeavor? What, how'd you, how'd you, how, now that you made that decision, I think we all want to know, like, what did you do? Like, where, where do you... You know, you quit. Yeah, your was job? it a cold turkey maneuver? Did you just <laughs> did kind of grad? Was it a gradual transition into and it? So, so the transition into like being a lettering artist full time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's fortunately because my initial intent when I quit my first job was to do this travel and then find a job with an agency, and I think I had it in my mind that I was going to pursue the path of you know designer, senior designer, art director, potentially creative director. And Uh not that 
my school instilled that in me. They definitely opened our mind to the possibility. But I just remember mm-hmm. when they bring in, we had a like a senior seminar class where people would come in and talk about what they did in the design industry, kind of opening our minds as students as to what you can do with this degree. And the people that were freelancers or self-employed, I was like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, why, why would you want to do it all by yourself where you have to manage the projects, you have to deal with the accounting, you, like just, you know, you have to do the work itself. Yeah, yeah um, right. And so after uh, my trip in Asia, it's the last month when I was in Asia, I was volunteering in the Philippines and uh, I had this profound, maybe cliche moment, um, but cliche because it's so damn true was I was uh, helping rebuild homes that had been destroyed by a typhoon in 2014. And these families that I was working with were so incredibly impoverished. They had literally nothing, uh, you know, eight people living in, I don't even know how many square feet, but like smaller than my kitchen, dirt yeah. floors, garbage for walls. And they were so happy. And every day they looked huh. and like seemed fulfilled. And yeah. I attributed that to being around people they loved and doing what they love to do on a day-to-day basis. Whereas in the States, you know, when I was comparing and contrasting, people are all stressed and angry and sad and depressed and like all this shit is happening. And it's like, we, it's all self-imposed you know, we're to a degree, yes. we're doing it to ourselves. True. Isn't it yeah. embarrassing? It's it ridiculous. Is. It's so yeah. strange. And you know, I get caught up in it all the time. I mean, literally just the other Popping day, I called pills my mom. left and right. Oh God. It's yeah. yeah. And it, it's just like, we, we put this pressure on ourselves to do all these things. And you know, in the end of the day, it's like, I, I'm literally drawing a fancy letter B. It's not yeah. that big a deal. <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah. like to, to have that perspective when you're in the moment is tough sometimes. And I just yeah. have this, I had this takeaway when I came back to the States was I don't want to be living on a day-to-day basis at a, a job that I'm indifferent to, you know, staying there because I, I have to work an eight hour day. Granted, I work about 12 hours for the most part day to day, anyway, but yeah. I love what I'm doing. And if I decide yeah. I'd rather go hike today or I want to go snowboard today, mm-hmm. or I want to go eat grass. You have that privilege. Yeah. yeah. I, don't do, yeah. I don't do that, but that is an option. Cause I'm self-employed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if I want to. Yes. It's there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, so, options. so you mentioned um, that promo piece that was really a groundbreaking thing for you. Like, talk, and and our listeners ask this all the time. Like, you know, trying to get new business. I'm trying to put the word out. Mm-hmm. What did you do specifically that got you some some gigs there with this promo piece? Yeah, so it was that promo piece. I had uh, I created it. Um, so it was basically a little newspaper that I sent out that basically just introduced myself. Um, it had a handful of pieces of work, and then like a contact me basically. Yeah. Um, you know, I decided I wanted to send it to a bunch of agencies in the Denver and Boulder area. And, uh, I had, I created it right when I got back from Europe. It's like my second retirement, if you will. (laughs) And, uh, I, I had this naive assumption that after this trip I'd come back and I'd have all this freelance work and I would just pick right back up where I left off. And I came back and just crickets. Everyone's like, who are you? Yeah, And so I had this panic moment of, okay, I just spent all my money on this trip. You know, I haven't been making money for months. Um, At this point, I hadn't had a full-time job in like two and a half or so years. So I was really enjoying the freedom that freelancing allowed me. And, um, but it it was that moment of, I either need to get a full-time job or reach out to a bunch of companies and find work somehow. So, uh, this second retirement in Europe, I had 
uh, I pushed more hand lettering. I really, really at that time, like re fell in love with it. Cause again, I kind of burnt myself out before that. And, uh, I, the self promo piece was probably 95% personal work. So mm-hmm. almost none of it was client work, but it was Neat. the type of work that I wanted to be creating. So, you know, that was, uh, work that was very illustrative or hand-drawn typography and showing it how it could look or how it could be used for branding or potentially apparel Applied design. Applied to other uh, realistic projects. That's yes, a exactly. very smart idea. I'm so glad that a part of the story that you're contributing here is that as a result to the crickets, you didn't think, oh, I have to shift gears completely. Yeah. You stuck with it. It was not yeah. easy to do. It was, I mean, it was very <laughs> scary. It was very scary because it, yeah. it truly was like, okay, I have basically enough money to fund existence for two months and create this promo piece. So, you know, it took about a month from researching what agencies to send it to, figuring out what I wanted to send it or what it was that I wanted to send to them. Uh um, And then like designing it, uh, then getting all those addresses and sending it all out. So it was basically at the end of that, I was like, okay, I have one month to hopefully get some responses and work. Uh, otherwise I am going to have to like take out a small loan or find a full-time job within a week. So uh, almost the last, the last option is the full-time gig. And that is the important part, you know, because yeah, I think it's one of those things. It's like, if you're born for this in a way to do it, to run your own shop. And I totally agree with you. When you looked at those people, when you were younger and go like, what, don't you want to like all the comforts and (laughs) someone else's job? And you know, like, and it's true. It's like, we, there's a reason we're doing this independently, you know? Yeah. And it's anything you need to do to get there. Yeah. And at this point it feels like it's in my blood. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, the, fortunately the promo piece, um, you know, I, I assessed 50 agencies I wanted to send to, I only did an initial send out of 30. Um, and I ended up working with, I think like five or six of them. So in terms of a direct mailer, that percentage response is pretty good. Um, yeah. And what, what was the promo piece? Uh, so it was a newspaper. I could show you guys, of course, oh, that wouldn't do yeah. anybody any justice. <laughs> <this podcast>. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, it literally just you open it up. It basically said, I'm Adam Vicarell. And I really conveyed my personality in it. So I, I think mm-hmm. I swore in it, but it was more not not like, hey, I'm cool. I, I had, yeah. I say swear <laughs> but it was more so Authentic. I wanted say yeah. again. Authentic, right? You're yeah. just. Yeah. I wanted people to know who I was through reading this copy. So I actually yeah. spent a lot of time yeah. writing what I wrote. Um, and then it was just two spreads of little nuggets of work. Um, and that's it. It didn't necessarily show them in, in context, but what the, uh, the agencies I worked with, the creative directors, um, they basically said, you know, we, we brought you on or we hired you for this project because of how creative your approach to approaching work was. Neat. Neat. So, there you go. So it, it was it was reassuring Good. to hear. It's like just be creative about how you reach out, and that will resonate with these people as opposed to just, you know, so many people just try to send an email saying, "Hey, hire me." It's like, yeah. Oh yeah. It's like, aren't you a creative person? I get those. Well, yeah. Well, and I got <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't Very I don't want to bring this on me, but I'll, it's a teachable moment. Like I I got a promo piece uh, recently from a company like a kind of a software service company mm-hmm. uh, looking to work with design agencies. And they spent, I think, a lot of money on this thing. Like, it was a big hang-up glass maze with, like, a marker. Like, you fill the maze in, but they, like, had printed out my logo and put it in it. But they sent it to a 
the name no one works here by that name like what are you guys doing like it's not really? hard to go to my website and see me all over it if you're gonna put all the other the work right in name. yeah that's what i just said like wow you went to a lot of work and expense and then you didn't even get yeah, the name one right. thing oh, wrong <laughs> who to send it to like what did they put as the name Someone, I think someone who may have written a blog post, like a guest blog post. How bizarre is that? That is very crazy. bizarre. That is That's unfortunate for them. Yeah, it is, and and I'm not, it doesn't offend me, but it's just like wow, you guys probably should put some more time and effort yeah. into that part. Yeah, of it, you know, yeah, like do your homework. <laughs> exactly. If you're I, gonna spend money, exactly. I think it's neat yeah. that you got good, you got response back that knew, told you why it worked. And yeah. you know it's it's yeah. funny that and affirming we, altogether. And, and we yeah, we've been talking a lot about the like content on your websites to a lot of our listeners over the last few episodes. And one of the key things we always say is like the whole idea of your copy and what you are saying might be the thing that's remembered more than sometimes your work. You know, yeah. like you were saying right? Like they were saying we loved how you approached approaching getting a job. Like that was yeah that's killer. That's, that's killer. what I actually in in a similar vein is what like you know the way you're talking about stuff or you know what you write. Uh, I recent or at the end of last year, I did some works, uh, some work with Lennox. They're an mm-hmm. HVAC company, um, mm-hmm. and uh, they, uh, I basically did a handful of hand lettering pieces for them. And at the end of the call with the creative director, I basically just asked him, you know, why me? And because uh, there's so many hand lettering artists, many of which are way better technically than I am. Um, and his response. No. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I am the best. <laughs> um, but I, I, so I was very curious, though, is, yeah. you know, why did you guys land on me? And he said that one of their designers had uh, had th- threw my name out there for this project. And he went to my Instagram and he I forget word for word what he said, but it was like, I loved uh, I loved who you were and how you presented yourself. And so it, he was like responding to my Instagram as if it was a personality. So just mm-hmm. the idea of conveying who you are as a human being is so incredibly important. Very cool. And it like, I mean, it's gotten me amazing job opportunities because I'm a human being as opposed to just writing all the technical yeah. jargon that you yeah. you think an agency is looking for on your website. People yeah. hire people. It's you important. Know? Yeah. They, they, it's so true, man. And like, I think, the, that's a good point that Instagram gives you this opportunity to present that in a way. I think a lot, the, it, it almost happens naturally. Like I think when you and I are talking, I even asked, did you have a strategy for that? And it's like, no, it's just a matter of, you know, listen to a few, what uh, maybe a few people might say about the perception you put out there, but make it true to who you are. Right. Agreed. And, and that's natural. Exactly. It's, you don't, you don't want to try. I mean, yes, you want to put out there, you know, your best self or who you want to be, mm-hmm. but it, it shouldn't be this huge facade of, you know, what I, you shouldn't be completely faking it. You know, you, you want to be yourself. You can be your like super self, um, you know, make, make yourself a little fluffier, maybe a little yeah. stronger. Um, but you know, overall it, it should be the true you who you're putting out there. Cause that's what is going to resonate with people. And that's, what's going to bring the work in my yeah. experience, at least. Yeah, absolutely. Very yeah. Important. So when you're so when you were out there, like you got you kind of were were getting started again. You sent out your promo piece, and you're kind of getting action little by little. Um, do you reach out to advice from others that are kind of in that area in that market? Yes, Does that help you at all? Or? Yes, big time. Um, that was uh, I think one of the the best things that I ever did for myself, and it wasn't something I noticed I was doing in the moment, but in mm-hmm. reflecting back, like I reached out to a lot of people. 
um, various lettering artists, uh, various designers who were just self-employed, um, really kind of across the creative spectrum. But I was reaching out to people that in one way or another were kind of doing what I wanted to be doing. And uh, most of it started with just an email, basically just asking, how, you know, how do you price for a t-shirt design? How many mm -hmm. options do you present when doing a branding project? It, just like super surface level questions um, that sometimes I would get a quick response. Um, and that was that. Other times those questions turned into a, you know, a fairly long email exchange or dialogue mm -hmm. uh, ultimately led to, you know, some Skype calls or just longer discussions, now good buddies. Um, so cool. yeah, early on, I was asking a lot of people that I looked up to, you know, that I'd been following through college and um, just asked them a bunch of questions about the hows and the whats and the whys. And um, that information, you know, instead of me having to stumble through months of trial and error and just like guessing, fortunately, yeah. I was reaching out to people who were very candid and very helpful. Um, and, uh, you know, that just helped me immensely. And uh, be because of how much it benefited me, I really personally try to kind of pay that forward. And mm -hmm. it, I, literally yesterday, I hopped on a call um, with a guy who's a designer in LA or maybe San Diego, but uh, in California. And he was just asking about, you know, logo pricing and presentation and stuff. And I sent him over a handful of example contracts and a few other things. But it's just like, there's uh, there's this weird idea of holding your cards close and you know protecting your pricing and how you approach your clients and for some reason yeah. everybody's like no one's helping each other not no one but it's the the norm is to hold your cards close yeah. and i with my experience of people helping me and some friends and myself we have a weekly call uh roxy and phoebe the pander design company who i was at crop with actually um yeah but the, we are so open with each other about how we approach our clients, how we price, all of that stuff. And it is so incredibly helpful to just bounce ideas off people. What a great idea to have a trusted little group. Yeah, oh, say, it's amazing. You know, and hopefully everyone has those people to do that too. And I think I love that people are being so transparent with this stuff. It's, yeah. it's, it's great because wherever yeah. you are in line, there's someone above you, there's someone below you, there's someone and everywhere in between. So... You're right. You want to give back because it's like every time I ask for any kind of help, man, people are just so responsive and helpful. Yeah. And you yeah. and you got to get different views because then you make your own. Exactly. You, you don't want to just carbon copy the advice mm -hmm. that people give you. And do you guys like amongst your group, do you guys have those types of conversations with each other ever in regards to, you know, struggles with clients or pricing, you know, whatever that may be? We'll get we'll get a you good, mean, a good you mean group honor text. bitch fest <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah for sure all the time what's the name of that and the group chance text? for yeah. the relatability yeah. there is super crucial because when you're running an independent practice you oftentimes <clears throat> you know get naturally trapped in your own little cave a little tunnel oh, yeah. vision yeah and it's not until you start talking and sharing and asking questions that you realize how much is relatable. Yeah. it's healthy well and that's yeah. why like we wanted to start the show to begin with was because we wanted to have these kinds of discussions and bring it out into the open a little bit more yeah, good than point. it was yeah mm -hmm. um you know we have people write in listener questions every week and we discuss it on the show so it's you know, and we, we want people to kind of... they're all questions that we've been, we've scenarios we've been through, which... Oh, yeah. yeah. Or we can find someone who knows it better, you know? And I think that's a, a key thing, too, is admitting when you don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that, <laughs> that's... I, you know? 
Yeah, you I get think some it's questions important. that I have no idea how to answer. So yeah, those yeah. Well, ones. there's those too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's important to kind of swallow that ego and be that. You know, I, I recently reached out to somebody asking a, f- a couple questions about uh, mm, what was it? I don't even remember. something about presenting. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, I I know. I'm only a few years into my career. Like I know there I'm going to get way better. And I'm like, I, yeah. I have very high hopes for myself and you know, I'm not going to have too big of an ego to ask for help or ask people, you know, I'm yeah, good. It's, yeah. it's a, such a stupid thing. It's like, no, let's, let's accept that there's situations that you don't know the answer to, or you feel uncomfortable yeah. in. And yeah. it's not a bad thing to reach out and be yeah. like, Hey, I don't know how to do this. You know, what are your thoughts? Yeah, completely. Yeah. Well, and also if someone ever gives you advice, don't your posture should never be like, Hey, this is, well, this is how I do it. Yeah. You know, like, no, like maybe someone above you knows a little bit better. Take a little something from it. Oh yeah. Always. I don't know. It's to, to Nick's Nick's point earlier. You just, or I don't remember who said it actually, but you ask a bunch of questions or the same question to a bunch of different people from all of their, you know, informed opinions. You can then form your own and it's this coalescence of information Right. And it just, oh, it's just like, it's just like education. It's just like anything you want to do. Yeah. No one person is going to have the right answer. And there is no really right answer to any right. of these questions. No. Right? You figure it out for yourself. And, and then you try, you try it out. It might work. Trial it might error. fail. Yep. But yes. then you adjust. And it, it's, it's such a good thing. And I guess with things like what we do here at the podcast and just even social media and that, that how easy it is. And I love when I even see like my students reaching out to these people and the, some of the biggest names writing them back and telling them exactly what, what they would do. And it's like, man, when you see their faces is like the coolest thing ever, you know? So yeah, I just love amazing. it. There's such good transparency <laughs> here, you know? Yeah. I, I want to ask you this though. I think a misconception could be that this hand lettering skill or specialty could be quite limiting and you have a really good response to that. I, I think it's really interesting to hear that uh, it's quite the opposite. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Because we talk about this a lot. Is niching too much too risky? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's something I think there's always that conversation of, you know, jack of all trades or the, you know, yeah. being a super specialist in one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me personally, uh, hand lettering so hand lettering is the bulk of what I do, but I apply it in so many different ways that, you know, as a creative, you know, looking for creative satisfaction, I, I get that from so many different places. So, you know, one day I spend eight hours just with pens, inks, brushes, bunch of different papers, literally just drawing out a bunch of words. Um, and that, let's say I'm drawing that for packaging or for some apparel project where I'll ultimately scan it in you know, tweak it in Photoshop and or Illustrator um, and, uh, you know, create a product from that. Uh, Another day I'll be focusing mainly digital, creating something in Illustrator that ultimately is intended to be a mural. So then I'll spend, you know, a week, whether it's on site, uh, inside an agency or on one of their exterior walls, just like outside painting. Um, uh, So it's in terms of like hand lettering, yes, is my niche. But I do uh, commission fine art pieces. I do product and apparel design, um, social media ad and marketing campaigns, logo design, murals, stop yeah. motion videos. So it's it like has packaging too. Yeah, packaging. Yeah, I mean it just mm-hmm. has endless mm-hmm. applications. If you go into Target, you know the signage, the packaging, the apparel, yeah. literally right. everything is there's hand lettering on it. So yeah. y- yes, in a sense, it's kind of niche. However, if if you if you can, the application is not. 
Yes, exactly. And, and the style and the stylistic vibe of it, right? Like, yes, I mean, exactly. Because I think, mm-hmm. you know, you can look at certain hand letters and see a, a style that is theirs consistently. And I always wonder too, like, it's like, wow, are the brands adapting to this one artist's look because of that's one spectrum. But it's neat that I've, that one of the things I admired when I was seeing some of your work was the fact that you can go from something very grand and Victorian and, and very fancy to something very modern and very colorful and, and blocky with not a lot of detail. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So there's uh-huh. a, there's degree of, of, yes. of dynamic variety there, which mm-hmm. I think all of a sudden makes this like, then it's almost like saying hand lettering is just as limited as graphic design is, <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We and don't I, just do one design. And I think lettering is kind of, you know, in a, in a lot of ways, lettering is you're illustrating letter forms. So mm-hmm. the way it's licensed and the way it's treated a lot of times is just as you would a illustrator. Um, yeah. So to your point, Nick, you know, a lot of illustrators have just one set style and they just put that out there and hope that companies see that. And mm-hmm. whether it's in line with their brand or in line with a particular campaign they're doing, they're like, okay, you know, Nick Slater or whatever illustrator, like they're perfect for this. Um, yeah. Whereas I personally, at least when I was getting started, I definitely did not have a style. Um, you know, I don't really know what my style would be. I'm sure I have something that people can look at my work and say that is Adam. Um, but I approach my work with the mind of a designer, you know, form follows function. So I'm, I like to get a design brief and really look into, uh, you know, the what's and the why's and really do some research and choose the the type styles that I'll be creating based off of all of that, as opposed to just, I only do, you know, modern and geometric mm-hmm. style lettering. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully companies yeah. find me for that. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's sure. interesting. Interesting that some, some people approach it different ways. Yeah. Oh, like, totally. Some people are just like, this is my style, take it or leave it mm-hmm. or the other way. And God bless them smarter. if they can do that. Cause I, yeah, I think that's, some that have, yeah. Like that kind of that accommodate the request ongoing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wish I could just put one style out there because then the process is the same. It's easy. It's quick. (laughs) But (laughs) wait, you said it yourself. You're only a few years in. So maybe (laughs) got got a while to go. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It'll be an Adam original in a couple of years. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Hopefully. Wait, this is completely parenthetical. Wes, I'm just realizing that you look so much like my brother. It's really weirding me out right now. (laughs) Exactly (laughs) like my brother. Is your brother one of the property brothers? Because that's what I always get. <laughs> no, no, he actually gets Dave Matthews. People always say he looks like Dave Matthews. Oh, funny. Okay. So, Interesting. I've never gotten that right. before. Well, I can see you, Adam, being related to a Dave Matthews-esque fa- fa- facial similarity of some yeah. kind. Yeah. I'm more of a Jack Johnson, personally. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Just put a guitar on you and you'll, you'll hit yeah, it right? perfectly. Man. That's funny. So can we, we've talked about all these amazing advantages and the beauty of your, your profession and the so-called niche and all the applications, but can you talk a little bit about those that suck, the mm-hmm. disadvantages of it? Yes. Oh man. So where do I <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, he looks like he's got a list. Yeah. Look <laughs> it out my list. <laughs> it's so I think. This is going so well. Mom and dad turn off. Right. Yeah, we said, <laughs> cut out. Yeah, appreciate it. This is the end of our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, there, Go for it. Um, I think the main disadvantage to like specializing in something, in, in my experience, and putting it out there, um, is that I'll be working with a client for a couple weeks, 
and you know, part of this is actually probably my fault for not doing more homework with them, but we'll be a couple weeks into a lettering project where let's say I'm just doing a, a piece for a t-shirt design. Um, and a few weeks later they talk about this, you know, web design project that there were, you know, they're designing a website and X, Y, and Z, you know, some other collateral brochures and booklets and stuff. And I'm like, oh, like, you know, you guys should have had me do that so we could have it be this, you know, holistic design experience. Totally. And they're like, oh, you can do that? I'm like, damn it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's the, the, one of the biggest yeah. obstacles for me has been hmm. trying to figure out how to convey, like, yes, lettering is what I specialize in and that's what I want to be hired to do. However, if that's what you're hiring me for, like, let's dive into all of the other services that I can offer you. Or, you know... I have a handful yeah. of contractors that I work with that it's like, if I can't specifically do it, I definitely have somebody who can you collaborate. Yeah. Yeah. And that way we can keep it all, you know, under one house, yeah. under one Full roof. circle. Yeah. Yep. It just, mean, it comes and with uniform. That's and then the end product will be uniform. Exactly. That's yeah. That's a it's very pros and cons. Like it, it opens you up to more things you can do, but it also, then it's like your process might get interrupted somewhat by having to like, like, okay, I'm do now there's this thing that I'm not quite used to doing. So I have to, like make a process for it. You know what I mean? Like, yep. It, it could be good or bad, but, but limit Like, I guess if how your perception is to the client really matters where you build all this time saying I'm the specialist and you could miss out on that opportunity because they, they just don't think you can do that other element. Right. And in that's a way. And you're right. And then there's that whole fusion of being the designer behind all of it that I feel is a huge advantage in a lot of those projects. Yeah. You know, and that's where, because I would say half of my work is with agencies, um, where an agency hires me. So like right now I'm working for an agency. Um, and I've been doing a lot of work for So Delicious, the soy-free mm -hmm. ice cream. Um, yeah. And so this agency is hiring me directly for my lettering. And actually one of the main reasons the creative director said that she wanted to work with me was because I could do a lot of different styles. So that, that was a couple of years ago. And it was like an aha moment of... Like, yes, lettering is niche, but it's good to be able to offer a variety of styles. Yeah. Um, but so some agencies come directly for the lettering, but the other side of my clients are small businesses that it's like, those are, those are the clients that we, we get into the project and all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, we're working with other designers on this. I'm like, oh, uh, you should have asked me. So it's, it's, yeah. it's trying to figure out how to like present myself to agencies and how to present myself to small businesses um, in a way that feels cohesive, but everybody can kind of understand what I can offer. Yeah. And you don't want to present yourself as that the complete opposite now and be like, I'm a jack of all trades, but yeah. how do you, they, you know, maybe that's a, a good topic is how do you expand on your specialty to make sure they understand you do more stuff, but you're still in that zone, you know? And, and it's right. true. Like, I don't know if it's just by making sure your, pre your, your website or it's not, nah, it shouldn't even be that it's gotta be you, you know, telling them or being informative because I've been that I've been there two or three times where I'm like, you got to be kidding me! You you went to what for what? Yeah, <laughs> went to a client, yeah. you know. And you're like, that's <laughs> right. Don't you? And I'm like, I think I even said to myself, don't you even look at my website? And I'm like, why would they look at my website? We're already working together. Exactly, and I think <laughs> that's that's definitely something I've learned is in freelancing, so much, so many struggles and pain points can be avoided by educating your clients better. So yeah, just you know, incorporating into your onboarding process or that initial kickoff phone call, whatever that is, somehow having a like smooth way of saying, you know, I also do all of this stuff. Um, 
and, and just having yeah. that be a part of that process, I think literally could be the answer or the I solution. Think, Wes, you mentioned mm-hmm. a long time ago when you were like finishing up a project, you kind of, you, you, you made a note to almost like make sure they know that there's more ongoing stuff that you could do. Like before you finalize something or something, particularly in the web zone to kind of let them know of other stuff. And maybe that's just upon us to kind of yeah. start thinking that way, you know? Yes. Yeah. Without- so the way that would like, that would be like wrapping up a web project and I'd say, okay, so we're, we're finished with the website itself. Now there are, there's all these ongoing things I can do for you, you know, mm-hmm. SEO, um, Facebook ads, all that kind of stuff. So it was just kind of a just in next case. logical step, <laughs> you know, progression as you go through. So that's they, I do it. we can't expect them to know everything. You right, know, we, exactly. We, Absolutely not. We're, we're kind of teaching them the, this way and who better to be on, you know, the advocate for everything yeah. in, in design than the person they're working with, you know? Yeah, totally. Okay, so we talked about your social media a little bit, you know, a few minutes ago, but um, you really, like, you're all over social media. Um, you've got videos and all that kind of stuff. So how do you get comfortable putting yourself out there like that? Mm-hmm. Any advice for our listeners? Yeah, um, I think I'm definitely very lucky in that I'm a very extroverted, some may say ostentatious <laughs> person. Um <laughs> But I'm just, I, I like to be, I like to put myself out there. Um, and initially when I was first starting, you know, hand lettering and design and putting stuff on Instagram was very unnerving because it was stuff <laughs> I was not happy with. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I was happy with it, but it was not at all what I wanted to be. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with that Ira Glass quote. Um, he's, do you guys know Ira Glass from This American mm-hmm. Life? I know who he is. Yeah. Um, yeah. He has this quote about... Um, and I'm going to butcher it, but it's basically when you start out as a creative, you're going to have your eyes set on where you want to be. And then there's this huge, immense gap of where you are and where you want to be. And the path to get to where you want to be is very arduous. It's very long. There's a lot of bumps in that road, but his point is like, you just have to stick with it and eventually you'll get there. Um, and so for me that yeah. when I read that quote for the first time, it resonated with me so incredibly much because I was right there in that moment. Yeah. And so I just, looked at it as like, I'm going to play the long game. I'm going to post my work on Instagram. This will show my process and document my growth as a artist designer or whatever. Um, Perfect. And uh, you know, the, the feedback that you get is very uh, oftentimes very supportive and encouraging. So when you're down on your own work, more often than not, you're getting, you know, people aren't like, Ooh, that looks like shit. And, you know, <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, for me, I, you know, I just experienced a lot of benefits with putting my work out there. And fortunately it has opened so many doors through, uh, the ability to network with other creatives, uh, asking them questions about process pricing, whatever that may be. Um, it's gotten my work in front of a lot of clients that I never would have been in front of. Um, you know, it's free marketing and advertising. It's, if you're not putting your work out on social media, you're doing yourself a huge disservice in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's, I think a lot of it is just kind of getting over that, like you have to be able to separate yourself from your work, whether it's amazing or terrible, like just put it out there and, you know, don't let it go to your head if it's amazing and you're getting a lot of good feedback, but don't let it bring you down if people, if you only get 10 likes, you know? Um, yeah. Because everyone started always, somewhere. Yeah. One well, exactly. I heard a long time ago that I, it always stuck with me was never look at your own uh, work to admire it. Always like look at it to uh, yeah. think what you could have done better. Yeah, um, that's great. It's kind I'm... of a trap, otherwise. Yeah, that's true. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... I was 
I was talking with someone just the other day and they were so scared to put uh, a, their first video thing of anything they were doing on their, on their website or on like Instagram, or whatever. And I remember telling him just going, kind of going, look, everyone has started somewhere with this mm -hmm. whole idea and making that bridge from getting on there, then doing the first photography of something, maybe the first video of something, maybe the first Q and a or whatever it is. And it's so true. Like with anything else we've done, you get over that hurdle and now you're comfortable with it. And then exactly. you get to the next thing and you, it's worth trying something. And I mean, everyone who's successful and those people that we are looking at all did it somewhere. You can scroll down. I like, I like the people that keep that stuff at the bottom of their Instagram. Oh you know, yeah. You know, everyone was scroll using the hips, back of mine. It's everyone garbage. Everyone was using uh, hips, <laughs> what was that? Hipstamatic. Remember that? It was like the first photo app that everyone was using and it rounded the corners and it made everything uh -huh. look like yeah. a Polaroid. Yeah. Scroll yeah. down to anybody's Instagram and the bottom is a bunch of that stuff. Yeah. And that's where everyone started and we got comfortable with it. And, right. And I think it's so important to the, the or filtering uh, the shit out of captures. Just yeah. Layer, <laughs> layers oversaturated. Of oh yeah. It was so gross. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I I still use hipstamatic. Uh, I don't know what you're about. You, you like the whole vintage. This uh, is awkward. Whole, it didn't have like the coolest like vintage uh, uh, user experience. It felt like an old camera. I love that thing. I bet oh, I still. Oh, oh, oh no, Nick. We know you hate it. Don't backpedal now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm see if we it's heard still how you really there. feel. Hipstamatic is garbage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think the. Um, the idea or whatever that saying is uh, ready, fire, aim, like, mm -hmm. you know, d yeah. don't be too, just especially with Instagram. I like to treat it as like a, uh, a place to like test and feel things out. Like your website, that should be pretty concrete. Instagram, yeah, there you, go. you can have more flexibility and more play and wiggle room. Um, you know, the only way, way you're going to grow is you put something out there, you see people, how you see how people receive it. And then you react to that. Um, yeah. And I, I think it's really important to just get stuff out there to then work off of and, you know, adjust from there. And even stories is even easier. It's like a the little baby step. So yeah. I know people are more comfortable with that because of just the disappearing. And it's and I find I'm I have a lot more fun there and I post less as a post, really. Exactly. On Instagram. Like it kind of seems like a baby step in some ways, getting mm -hmm. you a little more comfortable. Yep. You know? Cool. All right. Well, let's get into this. I want to get into the type and lettering just as a technique and as a skill, because I'm, I'm blown away that it's just four years you've been doing that, really. It's kind of amazing. And I think we all have a little, we can all get, like, get something out of learning a little bit of this and incorporating it into our work rather than relying on fonts so much. Because mm -hmm. I know that's one of the biggest things. Everyone's like, man, I just couldn't find the right font or this, whatever. How can our listeners or anyone out there kind of get started in this? Where, where, what do you feel is a good way to kind of get your feet wet in this? Yeah. Um, you know, I think as a designer, it's an amazing, uh, it's an amazing skill set or tool to be able to offer to your clients for, for the exact reason mm -hmm. that you brought up, Nick is, uh, if, if there's a, you know, you have this idea, but you can't find the, just the right typeface to, to completely take that out of the equation and be able to start creating it right off the bat is, you know, an amazing thing to be able to do. It can save a lot of time um, and it enables you to get exactly what you want as opposed to that, like, eh, this works mm -hmm. better than anything else I've found, but it still isn't quite hitting at home. Um, and it's original and it's 100% exactly. yours. Yeah. The 100% ownability I think is huge. And just in terms of uniqueness for a brand, but also mm -hmm. when you're trying to explain to your client why what you're creating is valuable or, you know, just conveying the value of hand lettering as a whole like this is 100% original and unique 
and truly drawn just for you. Um, and, you know, even just saying it like that, they're like, ooh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's so much more expensive. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's a great thing for any designers to practice and try um, for the reason of if, if you treat it like a design practice where you're, you know, understanding what the client's problems or needs are and then exploring different type styles and creating something based on that, um, you know, it really enables you to hone in on something that works extremely well for that one case scenario. Um, it definitely is something that takes a lot of practice. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. teach hand lettering workshops quite frequently. And one of the first nice. things I always say is that, uh, you guys, if you're not good at hand lettering right now, before we've started, you're not going to leave good at hand lettering. I mean, it's just, it's, it's like any art form or really anything in life. You can't just like dive right in and be awesome at it. Um, yeah. So I, I think anybody who's interested in, in trying it, you have to acknowledge that you're playing the long game and just practicing a little bit every day goes a very long way. Um, mm-hmm. But your expectations should be pretty low at first because... Um, God forbid anybody ever looks at what I first started out drawing. It looks like like a, a child a child drew with the wrong hand just while like yeah. you know palming a crayon. I mean, I can't even read my own handwriting. I don't imagine ever being a good hand letterer. Uh, my handwriting is trash. It is absolutely is garbage. It? Yeah, I was wondering if it translates. Into yeah, you would think you'd have like the best signature and writing in the world too. No. I, Chicken scratch. Yeah. <laughs> but I, how important it is to say that you're right we we expect to learn things overnight nowadays yes and that's the whole maybe that's one of the reasons i'm just never stuck with it because i i'll try it for and i even got the ipad with the pencil and i'm like i'm gonna nail this where oh yeah no, man i'm it's it takes a long time man. yeah it really does and i do think it's important you know? to practice by like looking at something that is that is inspiring or work that you like and just emulating styles or techniques. Um, yeah. you know, very huge difference between emulating and ripping off of somebody, but it's a lot of yeah. people. I think one of the biggest obstacles is they try to create these complex and beautiful, beautiful, intricate compositions right off the bat. And it's like, you still don't know, you know, where the, the upstroke and the downstroke of the letter N is, you know, you're diving in way too oh. deep, way too quick. Yeah. So I think a lot of it is starting from the ground floor and working your way up instead of diving in up top and just getting frustrated and thrown in the towel. I think like, cause overall, I think my, I've been extremely fortunate, um, in somebody who has identified a passion and like relentlessly pursued it and honestly kind of on accident. Early in life, early in life, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm not. I'm yeah. not even 30 yeah. and I'm doing what I love to do. And you won't be a step grandmother for a while, Mikkel. <laughs> <laughs> I hope to be a step grandmother. Yeah. <laughs> talk Just about things to it. talk about it. things to strive for. Yeah. It's, I've got a lot of, Oh God. <laughs> um, no, I, I've, Sorry, I've I just don't. been very lucky in identifying a passion, really putting in time to pursue it. <laughs> I'm fortunate in the time of my life that I came across hand lettering because it was in between jobs. I was moving out here kind of with no plan. I didn't, I didn't own a home. I didn't have a girlfriend. Like I, I wasn't tied down by anything. Um, and, uh, I have benefited from relentless, uh, practice and putting myself out there and getting myself exposed through networking and through social media. Um, I think there's, uh, 
a lot of people who are significantly better, as I said before, at lettering than me, but I'm just louder, more vocal. I network more than them, whatever it may be. Yeah. And, uh, right. It's, you know, being top of mind is, is everything. So if, yeah. if you're in yeah. front of people more frequently than someone who's better than you, you're going to get the work. So I, I think totally one of the right. main takeaways I've taken away or learned, <laughs> <laughs> learned in the last few years is, um, like it, it is very possible to make whatever career you want. You just have to work really, really effing hard for it and put yourself out there and let the world know that's what you're working towards. Um, and it like starts to manifest itself. It, you just need to put it out there and work for it and not be frustrated by the fact that it is going to be hard and it, you are going to, I've been tired for like three years, but yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm doing what I love to do on a day to day basis. And the fact that I can get paid good money to, to do this is absolutely remarkable. I'm blown away by it. That's awesome. And you just summed it up. That's perfect. Yeah. Well, we so appreciate you being on with us, Adam. Do you want to stick around and help us answer the listener question or you got to run or I I've got just time. I'm, I'm yeah. down. <laughs> right. so much coffee. Adam's down. Right right. Now. <laughs> just sweating. All right, cool. Well, before we get there, let's heap a little praise over on fresh books. We love fresh books. Um, Basically, they make ridiculously easy-to-use cloud accounting software for agencies and freelancers alike. It'll help you work smarter, get organized, and most, <laughs> most importantly, get you paid quickly, usually within one business day. That's what I like the most about them. So um, you can create and send really nice, professional-looking invoices in under 30 seconds. Um, you know, and it's, it just takes two clicks to get set up. It's so easy. Um, you know, they say the, the stat they keep throwing out is that with FreshBooks, over 60% of invoices are paid within one day. So, um, and, what, and what happens if they don't pay uh, before the due date, FreshBooks will step in and send reminders for mm-hmm. you. So you don't have to do the, you don't have to be so the official. bad guy. <laughs> exactly. They're, they're kind of like, they traffic cop the whole operation for you, <laughs> which is great. Um, they've got, so that's the automated late payment reminders. Um, their mobile app is great. You take pictures of your receipts on your phone. Um, it makes claiming your expenses a million times easier come tax time. Um, and the notification center is like your personal assistant. This is one of their new features. Um, You'll always know what's changed in your business since the last time you logged in and what needs to be dealt with ASAP, like overdue invoices. So it's all good. And their support, we know, is amazing. They answer in three rings or less, like a real person on the phone. (laughs) How great is that? Um, And so we've got a free 30-day unrestricted trial worked out with them. So what you're going to want to do is go to freshbooks.com slash deeply graphic and enter deeply graphic design in the how did you hear about us section. Once again, 30 free days, freshbooks.com slash deeply graphic and enter deeply graphic design in the how did you hear about us section. All right. Awesome. So we have a question from Bree and Bree said, this is kind of a long one, so I'm going to be quick. All right. Get my micro machines voice back. All right. I have a small scale freelance design business. I get all of my business word of mouth and most of my clients are small businesses and nonprofit organizations who I love working with. But I'm sure it goes without saying that many of the budgets are very small. And because of this, they don't always have their ducks in a row. Um, One thing I've learned over time is that I won't start a project until I have all the copy images and product info in hand. I tell my clients, 
Yeah, I tell my clients it'll save their money and time by providing this all up front. So after our initial meeting, I wait and wait and wait. <laughs> Granted, I'm busy, so I don't always go after them and hold their hand to make sure they provide me all they need to provide me. Um, but thinking about it, I have about six clients right now that owe me material. How do you get over this hurdle of getting everything in a decent period of time? It's often hard for me to manage my time when clients fall away for months at a time and then appear suddenly needing their project mm-hmm. completed ASAP. Classic. Ain't it the truth. Cla- I know. Classic design Isn't it dilemma. Though? I, yeah. I think she's just got to decide if this is the kind of business she still wants to work with. Because I don't think that's going to change. That's the way a lot of these smaller companies run. And they don't, they're probably doing their best to, to do that. But with smaller mm-hmm. budgets means those long breaks of waiting and waiting and waiting because they're like yeah. waiting for funding or they're waiting for something. And I think you just got to, yeah. you got to ask yourself, is this the kind of clientele you want? Because I, I don't know how you would, how would you improve on that? Well, you even, know, I mean, even bigger clients can drag their feet too. Sure. Um, sure. I, I have two pieces of advice for Brie. The first one being um, either don't, like this is what I've started doing. I don't even give them an option saying, um, so do you want to provide me the content or am I going to? No. I have a copywriter I work with. Mm-hmm. You are to, are, at least we're going to identify the important pages and he is going to make the content because I don't trust you to do it yourself. You never will. <laughs> so, and, and the, un, the, the quote unimportant pages, I don't care. I'll put Laura Mipsum in there mm-hmm. and then we can just, I, I'll Cut just have them front. Yeah. Like we'll, um, you know, when we're, when we're done, I just make sure to tell them this is the other piece of advice. Let, the, let their, your clients know when we're done, when we're ready to launch, that is when the final payment becomes due. If you don't have everything together, I mean, say it in a nice way, but if you don't have everything together by then, that's a you problem. We still need to be paid. <laughs> and then you can launch when you, we'll tell you how to put your own content on. And then you can do that whenever you have time. Just make sure that's kind of in the, mm-hmm. you know, in the language in the contract up front. I don't know how that would work for packaging or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that oh, it's, website, it stops. That stops it in its tracks all the time. It's like nutri- yeah. you know ingredient changes or this. And I have that those clients that are literally you're 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 doing everything to get something done. It's due tomorrow, and then all of a sudden it goes on this like break for two months because the ingredients are changing. Yeah. So. I don't know how I, I'm just I just feel like the nature of who she's working for might not be able to afford, let's say, the extra value of bringing on the copywriters or other stuff like that. They might be too small. So I, I just don't know, like unless you really kind of hold them to the fire and make better timelines. Now she's doing yeah. a lot more work and it doesn't sound like her budget's applying for that either. So I just don't know. I mean, what do you guys think? Mikhail? Well, <clears throat> Part of what comes with these types of scenarios is that there's a tendency without even recognizing it, that you Mm -hmm. go beyond the scope that you signed up for. Yeah. She's Mm -hmm. probably doing that. You become the creative director, kind of. I kind Mm -hmm. of extrapolated that from this message that she sent us. um, And I hope that's not too badly the case, but we've all been there too. I mean, Nick has shared these amazing stories of part of his proposal to get gigs that he really truly wants is to throw out some options prior to any signatures whatsoever to get the job. That's different. Once there's been an establishment underway and you find that you're working the grind for a small budget, you know, in the beginning, I remember I started there 
yeah. to get, you know, to really wow and get some clientele um, under my belt. But um, you should really only contribute what you're getting paid for. My um, stepson came over last night. He just lost his job yesterday, completely blindsided. Ugh. So we came over, and he'd been through the sad phase. So we came over at the angry phase, and he drank oh. way too much. He drank way too much. And he's talking with us about all the shit that he's contributed that are outside of his role, you know, to really, yeah, you know, pedal the metal and impress. And now it just feels like it's a complete waste that he got totally taken advantage of. And our clients will do the same. If you're going to showcase that you're going to go above and beyond outside of the money that was agreed to, why mm-hmm. do they not take that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And true. I also think one, one of the best things you can do is, you know, in your contract, you have a, a timeline set up and you have a clause in that contract that says, you know, if we fall outside yes. of this timeline, this contract is now void. So in mm-hmm. order to avoid that, like three months of silence and then being like you know, three months later, hey, we need this in two weeks. Yeah. Uh, it's like, well, you didn't get X, Y, and Z over to me within yeah. the timeline that we allotted. I love that. And or claiming that interest will be accrued. Yeah. True. Yeah. Interest or a um, reopening a re- fee. Reopening. Yep. yep. Reopening because, fee. Yeah. And That's what I also better. tell clients, <laughs> what I also tell them, like, and it doesn't it work for everybody. People don't always care. But I'll say, you know, if I start seeing they're falling behind, I'll say, hey, I have time, all the time for you in the world right now. You're on my plate. Mm-hmm. However, if you drop off, Someone else is going to get in front of you in the queue, and then I'll get to you when I can get to you. So if right, you're yeah. like, you know, you're not like going to always be that top of line. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And you, you lose your place in line. Basically. Yeah, she's got to make yes. them feel the. She's got to make them feel the urgency, the, the hurt a little bit. That if you yeah. do fall off, guess what? But but in but it sounds like she's just going to go to another client that's doing the exact same thing. So I don't I don't know. Well, you know, here's it's the like, thing. It's yeah. it's a it's a problem it's that tough. used to happen all the time but once you start saying once you tell clients that um i i've had very i've had no one not work with me because i work with a copywriter um you explain all the benefits of it the which value. are yeah well it's a value it's basically they know how to write in a persuasive manner that you don't they can um yeah. kind of bring out the the language that's going to mean something to your client whereas True. if you write it yourself it's going to be very jargon heavy and no one's going yeah. to understand what it is. Mm-hmm. And, and guess what? Added bonus, it gets taken right off of your shoulders and onto ours. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you can work with fairly inexpensive copywriters. Like what I would say, Brie, like, like find one of these inexpensive copywriters who's still decently talented who can do this as an added service for you. You work with them, you mark their service up a little bit because you're project managing it and then just fold that into your service and don't mm-hmm. give that option. Um, yeah. And just have all that other stuff in your contract that if, if you fall out of line, you know, you're, you're going to, someone else could take your place. Yeah. And it'll be fees, blah, blah, blah. And as, as a last note on that, I think a lot of it is having the confidence of, as a designer or Brie, whatever you are, um, having that confidence that like I offer something that's incredibly valuable and it, it deserves to be compensated accordingly. So, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody struggles with pricing things and like requesting the money that they know they deserve. And I think Mm -hmm. kind of just trying to get over that obstacle and being like, you know what, sorry, this is a $3,000 project. If you only have 1200 bucks, I'm sorry, I can't, you know, I can't take this on at the time. Um, 
because then it opens the door for you, Bree, to then pursue a client who can actually pay you for for what you mm-hmm. can do. And you know, maybe you have to have a slight shift in your business where uh, your bread and butter is somebody who isn't a nonprofit or small business, but you still do that nonprofit and small business work to kind of be fulfilling. But you you know, yeah, you to give eat. back in a way, yeah. yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. Well, because I, I have a client right now who I love. She's a great client. Um, we're doing a website and she's um, selling an online course. So basically the, the site's ready to go um, within like days from now, but her course is nowhere near ready. So what I told her, <laughs> oh, which is, but Oops. it's basically, I said, I said to her, I said, okay, so we're done in a few short days, at which point we'll, we're going to send you the final invoice. Then when you're ready, you have the content, we'll go ahead and we'll load that in for you. But we're not going to not get paid yeah. waiting for just you because you're waiting on your yeah to finish right. your thing because that's not fair to no, me. No, that's not, not fair. And I have to yeah. pay my developer, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's it's yeah. not fair to him either. So um, yeah, yeah. Just take a hard stance and just as long as you get paid on time, they can add their own content in later. That's what I say. There you go. But anyway, <laughs> thanks for sending in that question, Bree. I know it's a it's, it's so tough gig. frustrating when that's it happens, hard. but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and keep sending in those listener questions to questions at thedeependdesign.com. And we haven't gotten any audio questions in a while, guys. Sexy accents, move to the front of the line. Please. Yeah, always. Yeah. Ooh, I'm going to start <laughs> I'm gonna start sending in audio questions. Yeah, go, oh, go for it. <laughs> I have this uh, screaming different accent microphone. every week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely get to it. All right, cool. So um, thanks again, Adam, for coming on. This has been great. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Where can it's, people thank find you, you online? Yeah. Uh, yeah. AdamVicarell.com is my website. Uh, Adam Vicarell um, on Instagram. Uh, I don't really use Twitter. I should be on Dribble and Behance a little bit more than I am, but I'm the only Adam Vicarell out there. So even if you butcher my spelling, the spelling of my name, it. I'll pop up somehow. <laughs> I'll find it. Uh, I think right, also, cool. too, will you be uh, appearing on a show in the <laughs> oh, recent yeah. future? Oh, yeah. I'm going to dig this. Yeah. Um, so. I'm I'm not allowed to disclose all of the information, but um, I recently did some work with the uh, the Real Housewives franchise, and I will I will I will be um, on an episode that is going to be airing in the fall. Uh, no set Teaching. date yet. Yeah, I'm, which franchise? Can you, right? Um, which city can you we, say? I can't really get in any further than you that. Honestly, um, okay, but. It's it's just a very weird thing. Yeah. I mean, not weird, but just what a strange opportunity. But it goes back to what you said yeah. about being front of mind with people, how you get these things, and yeah. you were. And that's, that's the only, that's that's the only reason I had the opportunity. So Love it. So, awesome. Yeah. And actually, and if, I, if I'm allowed to, um, I also have an online course um, on Craftsy. Oh, yeah. Um, so, oh, cool. Okay. Uh, if you just on my website, there's like a, a workshops tab, workshop tab. And there's a link right to the to the class there. So it's a digital course that anybody can take from anywhere. Um, and you can learn hand lettering from me. Nice. Perfect. Sounds oh. great. Well, again, it's, it's been a pleasure, Adam. Thank Thanks you guys. for coming on with us. Yeah, thank you so thank much you so for much. having me. It's truly an honor. Yeah. Our pleasure, man. Pleasure's all ours. All right. Really with great that to in mind, you. keep designing. Catch us next time on the Deeply Graphic Design Cast. Thank you.